0: Let me read some scripture, and we're going to receive communion in just a moment. Uh, What I was saying earlier is that these services ought to be dynamic. The services ought to be dynamic. They ought not to be so predictable. And we have become so accustomed to predictability that sometimes we've just not really enjoyed and experienced the Lord. We've had several words from the Lord today that were some were to individuals, and then some were to everybody. But even individual words can bless you. And I, as I said to you earlier, I I grew up saying, "I'll take that." They don't want it, Lord. I'll take that. And I believe I don't know if the Lord just said, "Okay, I'm not going to give it to them," but He shared them with me. Yeah. And in my life, I want to just read through my message. Um, I'm not going to read everything that I was going to share to you, but I, I just kind of want you to have a little understanding about uh, Romans. Um, and when Paul is writing this letter, he is writing it so that the believers who are thriving in Rome will will grow properly. They, they won't just grow in all kinds of ways. Uh, the church at large, the ch- Christian church at large, has grown in all kinds of directions. And one of the words the Lord gave to me was that we were raised up to change it. We were raised up to change it. I remember reading in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14 and the first time I read uh, Habakkuk 2 14 I felt like it was put in the Bible for me. And that is that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so I, I just, I couldn't get away from that. I couldn't get away from that. And I, I do believe that God has raised us up. Certainly he's raised me up for that, but he has raised us up for that, and, and that we should do what Paul tells us. Paul says, it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone into our hearts to give the knowledge of the glory of God, listen, in the face of Jesus Christ. So then our Christ-centered message, unbeknownst to us, was fulfilling um, uh, Habakkuk 2.14, and, and, and so this is what God wants, wants us to know and do. I want to say that God has purposed you to be here. This is not a manipulative ploy, but God has purposed you to be here. Don't just quickly and, and, and haphazardly just do things. But no, when, when, when God places you somewhere, you grow there. You'll thrive there. There are plants that won't do well in certain soils. And, and, but God wants you to grow and he wants you to grow properly just like the uh, Christians in Rome so in, in, in Israel uh, I'm just going to read it and I'm not going to say much on it pray that I don't say much on it so in Romans 10 verse 18 and verse 19 he says but I say have they not heard the gospel yes indeed their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world But I say, did Israel not know? He said, first Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. And so God has not rejected Israel. He's not rejected his people. Uh, I'm going to develop this more fully in your hearing later. I did this morning, I think, fairly well, and then we'll, we'll do it later. Verse 1 of chapter 11 says, I say then, has God cast away his people? Now, when Paul asks you a question, he anticipates a particular answer. It's not like he doesn't have the information. And so when you're in communication with people and they ask a question of you, don't think that they're, they're asking because they don't know. So he says, has God cast away his people? Has he pushed them away? Has he repudiated them? Has he refused them? He says, certainly not. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham and of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. And so Paul says, no, he hasn't cast away his people. I'm also an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. So Paul is basically saying something like, look at me. I was a bad guy. I I thought I was doing God's service. I was persecuting the saints, persecuting the church. I did all kinds of crazy things. He didn't say it like that. Those are my words, but they're not far off. You know, Paul was doing all kinds of crazy things, holding the garments of people who are killing one of our best and brightest. And I used to be upset about it. And 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 I'm a human being and I'm saved, but... I would have said about it, didn't like Paul too much at times, you know, and, and so, uh, but Paul says, wait a minute, I was doing all that crazy stuff, and, and, and one day I was on my way to do some more crazy stuff, and God just apprehended me, the light sh- shined from heaven brighter than the noonday sun, I fell down, heard a voice from heaven, Jesus, the one I was persecuting, because he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Yeah. I ain't done nothing to you. <laughs> but he had, because he was persecuting the church. Paul. So Paul, I believe, compares his experience to that of the Jewish nation to say that God's going to suddenly do something for him. I think that we are instrumental in it. Amen. Thank you for the amen. Thank you for the yeah. We are instrumental in doing that. And so he says, uh, God has not cast off his people whom he foreknew. And the foreknowing is having foreknowledge uh, and knowing things beforehand um, and to elect people to salvation, that is even to predestinate them. And I know there are people who can't stand anything about predestination. They, they don't like that. But I have no issue with predestination. I mean, i sure I wrestled with it a while because I didn't know how it was. it happened until God just revealed it to me that God is, for example, he's right here right now. in in the present, but he is also as far back as, you know, beyond time. He's forward beyond time. He spends it all. So it's all like right in front of him. So why can't he say what he wants of you? Anyway, um, I'm I'm doing more than I promise. So he says, Paul goes on to say, do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah? How Elijah, how he Elijah pleads with God against Israel, saying, "Lord, they have killed your prophets, torn down your altars. I alone am left, and they seek my life." What does the divine response say to him? "I have reserved for myself seven thousand men who have not bowed the knee to Baal." And so Paul goes on. There's much more I could amplify that, but on verse five he says, "Even so, then, at this present time there is a remnant according to the election." Of grace, and so God has a right to choose. God has a right to choose. Uh, let me say a few things. Uh, the remnant is is a remainder, a, a trace, a small portion, a vestige of what was before. I, I use that word a lot. A vestige of something. And then election. He says uh, th- that that there's a remnant according to the election of grace, and that the according means to come down from to you and I receive it this from the election of grace so what does the election mean God's ability God's right to choose God's right to pick whoever he wants um, even before the foundation of the world he decreed blessings to certain persons and the decree was made from his choice by which he determined to bless certain persons through Christ by grace alone and so God doesn't need to see before he knows. God doesn't need to see before he knows. His righteousness does not depend on things outside of himself. So what I'm saying is God doesn't have to see how good we are, how bad we are before he makes a choice. God just made the choice because it's all open right in front of him. He is independent of the actions of others. He is self-existent and his righteousness is who he is. It's who he is. Whatever he decides is always righteous and just. And the grace is his favor upon you. And there's a lot more to that, but I won't get into it. And so what I want you to know is that God is going to do something really stupendous for His people, Israel, I think our responsibility is to make them jealous. How do we make them jealous? We make them jealous by doing everything that God commands and by receiving uh, with a free heart, a wonderful spirit, all the blessings of God. God has made us immeasurably rich. Can you imagine being given the spirit of God? We don't own the spirit, but the spirit of God Lives in us. You know what that means? That means we're gonna live forever. Amen. That's what it means. You say, "Well, I don't know, Pastor." I might know, boy. You've been predestined. Right. And don't be mad at God because He predestinate. God, God can predestine anything He wants to. You know, I, I predestined a while back. At least, Sister liberto we bless her and she recuperates from COVID. But we're getting those tickets. To go to Indonesia, to Jakarta, it was a predestination. The only problem is we couldn't guarantee it, but God can guarantee it because he's already there. So, uh, so the verse seven says, what then Israel has not attained what it seeks. He says, what then Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it and the rest were blinded just as It is written, God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear to this very day. And and so God has blessed his people, and Paul says he is going to one day just suddenly uh, do some things that will just, as it were, blow our socks off. And, And our responsibility, what, is to enjoy the things of God, therefore we must Hear the admonition: Come out from among them, and be separate, and I will receive you," says the Lord. So come out from among them; your your spiritual things far outweigh their carnal things. Amen. Come out from among them and be separate. Amen. 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 Please, uh, Sister Steph.